0: What are your expectations for these upcoming holidays? That everyone's going to stay healthy and you can make all of those Christmas get-togethers? That the weather's going to cooperate with travel plans you might have? That you're going to get everything on your Christmas list? We have expectations that we set, right, for events, holidays, get-togethers. And very often, if we're honest with ourselves, we set our expectations too high, right? And, and we're often let down, right? Because right, someone event, evident, you know, gets sick and, and you can't make a party, right? The weather messes with your plans. Uh, you don't get everything on that list, right? We set our expectations too high and we're left discouraged, let down, disappointed. And, and we don't just do it at the holidays. We do it in every area of our life, don't we? Setting expectations high for people around us, our spouse, our kids, our parents, our boss, our fellow employees, our friends, right? And then they don't meet those expectations that we set up and we feel discouraged and disappointed and let down when our expectations are sometimes off, not fair, set too high. Maybe John the Baptist's expectations were a little off, too. We heard about the beginning of John's ministry last week in our sermon. He is out in the wilderness, out in the middle of nowhere, uh, wearing camel's hair, eating locusts and wild honey, and people are coming in droves to hear his message. Repent. The kingdom of God is near. He was the one that God had promised in the Old Testament who would come. Who was that one who would come and make straight paths, who would prepare the way for the Lord to come. And that's what he did. He carried out his ministry. He did those really hard things, preached those really difficult things for people to hear. And people were just coming in in droves to hear him and repent and confess their sins and be baptized. This is the same John who later on saw Jesus And said, look, that's the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. This is the same John who a little after that would have the blessed privilege of baptizing Jesus. And to hear the voice of the Father from heaven. This is my son whom I love. And to see that spirit descending like a dove upon him. And even after all these things... That John knows that he is the fulfillment of those Old Testament scriptures, to be the forerunner of the Messiah, to to know that Jesus is that Messiah, the, the Lamb of God, to be able to baptize him still, yet at a later point in his life, John the Baptist is obviously going through a very difficult time, and he asks the question, is this really the one? Is this really the guy we've been waiting for? John's ministry was not an easy one. Think about what he had to go through and what he had to put up with. A a lot more than a lot of other people would for Jesus. He is living out in the middle of nowhere. Right? Wearing camel's hair. Eating wild honey and locusts for his diet every day, day after day, for years. Preaching a difficult message that, that the religious leaders hated him for. Right? He had to preach that... Hey, the axe is at the root of the tree. Any tree that doesn't produce good fruit is going to get cut down. The the, the Messiah coming after me, I'm not worthy to carry his sandals and and he's going to come and he's going to clear the threshing floor. Like chaff, it's going to be burnt up with unquenchable fire. And that's you, Pharisees and Sadducees. A difficult message, a difficult life that John endured for Jesus. And so... When things weren't turning out the way he thought they should, when his expectations weren't being met, he began to question. Because Jesus came on the scene and began his ministry after his baptism by John, and he heard reports about what Jesus was teaching and preaching, and it didn't seem to match up with what John was teaching and preaching. Because what he was hearing was Jesus was talking about forgiveness and compassion. And he's doing all these things to help people. John's expectations of what this Messiah was coming to do maybe weren't met. Where was the fire? (laughs) Where's the axe? Where's the retribution for for all those who were mistreating John and rejecting his message? At one point in his ministry, uh, John uh, called out King Herod. Because King Herod had taken the wife of his brother. And and John is just carrying out his role. He's he's being faithful to what he was called to do. To be the forerunner of the Messiah. To preach repentance. Yes, even to the king. But where was Jesus? After he was thrown in prison. After Herod had him thrown in prison to keep him quiet. Where was Jesus? Jesus? He didn't come to visit him. Right? He's the forerunner of the Messiah, and the Messiah doesn't even come to see him. And here's reports about all these miracles happening, all these people that Jesus is helping, but he's not helping John. He's sitting in prison. Even after John sends his disciples to go talk to Jesus and let him know, hey, do you know John's in prison? <laughs> he's, he's suffering right now. He's, he's going through this really hard time. Jesus doesn't go. Instead, he sends back the message, just tell him what you see. Tell him all the people that are being helped. Tell him all the good that I am doing. Seemingly for everyone except John. So there's not a big question, is there, on why John comes to this conclusion from our gospel lesson, right? He says there in verse 3, he sends this message, are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? Because... At least at this point, John's expectations of the Messiah are are not being met. All of the things that he has undergone, all the things that he has given up for Jesus to, to be that forerunner, to preach this difficult message. And here's this Jesus who's preaching seemingly a different message, who's not coming to help him in his time of need. And he starts to ask the questions Is this really the one? Is this really the Messiah? Or is there someone else to come yet? Have you ever been there before? Where Jesus wasn't meeting your expectations? When you questioned his ways or who he is? Because he wasn't doing what you think he should have been doing? times in your life when you thought that God should have done something differently or, or, or at least from your point of view done something to help you while you were imprisoned in your fears or your worries or your anxiety or, or just the troubles of this life that Jesus wasn't only not there but it seemed like he didn't care right when, when, when you're, you have that friend that you've been so good to and so helpful to and, and you find out they were just using you and they stab you in the back and don't care about you at all? Or when you've seen a a grown child, a son or a daughter, uh, reaping what they've sown, the mistakes and the, the sins that they've done in their life, and know that there's nothing you can do but watch them cry? You can't fix it? Or when you see Bill upon Bill upon Bill just continue to pile up and wonder... How am I even going to make it through this month? Or when you get that doctor's report for you or for someone you love, and the word terminal is in there? Where are you, Jesus? Because if I were you, I'd do something totally different. <laughs> I, I, I'm a faithful follower of you. I've given up a lot to follow you, Jesus. And here you... Just leave me alone in the prison of my problems, and my troubles, and my worries, and my fears. Maybe you have felt like John before. Are you the one? Or should we be expecting someone else? Someone who can help, someone who will step in, someone who will do something to prove who they say they are? Let me tell you this. The next time that you question Jesus, the next time that you you wonder if he really does care, uh, when, when he doesn't meet your expectations of what you think he should do, consider this. Consider how he met every expectation of not you, but more importantly of a holy God. How this Jesus is God himself who who took on flesh and came to this earth so that he could perfectly meet every one of God's expectations, every one of his commandments, every one of his laws, perfectly for you. And even to meet that expectation that the wages of sin is death, and to take that death upon himself, and to not finish until he could cry out, it is finished at that cross, so that you could be forgiven, and so that you could have the promise of a relationship with God, so that you could have the promise that there's something after this grave. And if you ever questioning and wondering about God's ways and His love for you, and you're placing these expectations of yourself on God, just consider: What has Christ done for me? To meet every expectation of a holy God for me. That's why he came. And that's the message that Jesus sent back to, the, to John the Baptist. When those uh, disciples of John came, right, they, they came and asked that question. And he says, re, he replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. What Jesus is saying here to John and to us is, yes, I am the one. I am the one that was promised for hundreds of years before. I am the one, John, that you came to prepare the way for. I am the Messiah. I am God's love in flesh. Yes, my message is God's mercy to sinners. My message is God has compassion on those who are hurting and broken and lost and blind and deaf Spiritually speaking. And I have come to make things right with God and man. I have come to be God's love and mercy and compassion in flesh to make all things right anew again. Oh yes, those who reject me will be like chaff burned up with unquenchable fire. Yes, yes, those who reject me, that the axe is at the root of the tree and they, they will be cut down, those who don't produce fruit. Yes, they will. But... I have come to proclaim the love of God for sinners. I have come to be the sacrifice for sins of the world. I have come to do what all of those Old Testament prophecies said I would come to do and fulfill them all perfectly. To be the Savior, the Rescuer, the Redeemer of every person. And then Jesus even points to John in his message. He says this. After his disciples leave, he speaks to the crowd. He says, what did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear fine clothes, they're in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one, John, about whom it is written in the Old Testament, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least of the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. You know, John was not what you would expect either, right? A guy out in the wilderness wearing camel hair, right? Preaching this message. And Jesus says, There's no one who's been born greater of women than John the Baptist. Someone you wouldn't expect but someone who came to prepare the way for the Messiah. There's no one greater except. Except for the one who is least in the kingdom. And you know who that is? It's not you. (laughs) It's the one who made himself least. It's this Messiah. It is Jesus who came to lower himself to be the servant of sinful human beings like you and me. Who came willing to be a servant to suffer. To die for you. So that you might have the kingdom of heaven. He is not what you would expect, is he? He's so much greater. So much greater than we could ever imagine. This Jesus, who came to meet every expectation of God for us. This Jesus who came to fulfill every promise that God makes to us so that we might have hope. And as you go through life, as you consider all the difficulties, all the troubles, all the, all the suffering that you have to go through, it helps put it in perspective, doesn't it? Right? Being a follower of Jesus doesn't necessarily make life easier. <laughs> it doesn't make your problems all go away. In fact, Jesus says, when you're my disciple, you're going to have more trouble, usually. But what being a follower of Jesus does and knowing who he is helps put everything else in perspective. It gives you an eternal perspective on everything you go through in this life. And it gives you patience to be able to bear whatever you will go through in this life be it a terminal diagnosis or a heap of bills or a friend who stabs you in the back or, or, or the, a wayward son or daughter whose problems you can't fix, as you, as you look at these troubles and problems of life, you see the eternal perspective of a God who loves you from eternity into eternity, of a God who keeps every promise, of the promise that he is with you always through all of those things. Because if he can make the deaf hear. And the blind see. And he can make the mute be able to speak. And even raise the dead. Oh, and by the way, satisfy the wrath of God so that you never have to experience hell and be raised to life so that you can have the promise of life forever. You can have no doubt that he will meet every other one of your needs in this life too. Yes, he is not what you would expect. No doubt about it. Uh, Just think about the way he came that first Christmas. Not what you would expect, right? Uh, Think about how his plan of salvation worked, right? That God would become man to to live and to suffer and to die for us. It's not what you would expect. Think about how he comes to us today. In words, in water, in, in bread, in wine. Not what you would expect. But thank God for that. I don't want a God who you can expect. (laughs) Our God is beyond us. Our our God is more amazing than we could ever imagine. And he's not what you would expect, but but he's exactly what you need. And even more. Faithful, loving, forgiving, whose ways are always perfect. Whether you get to see it with your eyes or not, he is. Believe it, dear Christian. This is your Savior, the one who is with you in this life, the one who promises you life after this one, the one who came to do all things perfectly for you so that you can be assured of his grace and his mercy.